Welcome back to Sister LKST, where we talk about all things church-related. My name is Allison C. Holt. I am your host. And today we are going to continue our journey through the Bible in 2024. Listen, we started at the book of Genesis, and now we're in the book of Judges. Yes, we are all the way down to the book of Judges. And listen, if you want this reading list of, of what we're going to be reading, please look down in the description and hit the link and you will receive yourself a reading list concerning um, this journey through 2024, journey through the Bible here in 2024. Now we're going to do as we've always done. We're going to read um, the chapters then we're going to come back and do a brief summary. We are in the book of Judges. We are going to read today Judges the second chapter and Judges the fourth chapter. We're going to read both chapters. Then we're going to come back and do a brief summary. And which it will be very brief here. So we're going to start at Judges chapter 2 starting at the verse Starting at the first verse, and it reads, The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochim and said, I brought you up out of Egypt and led you into the land that I swore to give to your fathers. I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and you shall not make a covenant with the people of this land, but you shall break down their altars. Yet you have disobeyed me. Why have you done this? Now, therefore, I tell you that I will not drive them out before you. They will be thorns in your sides and their gods will be a snare to you. When the angel of the Lord has spoken these things to the Israelites, the people wept aloud and they called that place Bokim. There they offered sacrifice to the Lord. After Joshua had dismissed the Israelites, they went to take possession of the land, each of to their own inheritance. The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had, been, had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110, and they buried him in the land of his inheritance at Timnah, <clears throat> excuse me, Hores, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. After that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation grew up. Who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Let me read that again. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, chapter 2 verse 10. After that whole generation had, get, had been gathered to their fathers. In other words, after that whole generation died. Another generation grew up. Who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil 
in the eyes of the Lord and serve the Baals. They served other gods. They forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They provoked the Lord to anger because they forsook him and served Baal and Ashtaroth. Now see, Baal and Ashtaroth, they are fertility gods. Uh, the neighbors of Israel worship Baal and Ashtaroth, which is a male and a female god of fertility. Um, the children, they follow practices or they practice ritual sex at the shrines, believing the sex with sacred prostitutes led to good crops and many children. Sometimes, too, they worship, uh, the worshippers sacrifice their children to these gods, Baal and Ashtaroth. The Israelites' attraction to these foreign religions continued for most of their history as a nation. Listen, they began to turn immediately after the, their forefathers passed away. They began to turn. As they began to grow up, the next generation grew up, they began to turn to false gods. And during this time in the nation, that they were dwelling in, Baal and Asherah were for, our fertility gods. They were being uh, worshipped at this time. Therefore, the children of Israel just fell into the worship. They fell into the practices, going to the shrines, just doing all manner of perversion, uh, 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 sacrificing their children to the gods and things of this nature. So God was very angry with them. And let's see. In his anger against Israel, the Lord handed them over to raiders to plunder them. He sold them to their enemies all around, whom they were no longer able to resist. Whenever Israel went out to fight, the, the hand of the Lord was against them to defeat them. Just as he had sworn to them, they were in great distress. Now listen, now we know that Israel is the people of God, but listen, God was so angry with them. When they went out to battle, God's hand was against them. In other words, God was on the side of the enemy because he was so angry with the children of Israel. And why was he so angry? Because they served idol gods they turned away from him we've learned in previous episodes that god is a jealous god and we are his bride if we go and start serving other gods yeah he, he he's basically jealous and um yeah that's not so good just to put it in just regular terms because we're moving on and we moving we moving quickly then the lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hand of these raiders yet they would not listen to the judges but prostituted themselves to other gods and worshiped them listen the people would not listen to the judges that god raised up 
Unlike their fathers, they quickly turned from the way in which their fathers had walked, the way of obedience to the Lord's commands. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge for them, he was with the judge and saved them out of the hand of their enemies as long as the judge lived. For the Lord had compassion on them as they groaned under their under those who oppressed and afflicted them but when the judge died the people returned to ways even more corrupt than those of their fathers following after gods and serving and worshiping them they refused to give up their evil practices in stubborn ways now listen when god raised up the judges god was with the judge the judge himself or the judge herself god was with that person and therefore the israelites gained from god being with that person they would win the battles however when that person died uh the children uh they just went back to doing the evil things that they did and god was not with them again in so many words just to break that down just a little bit but when the judge died, the people returned to their two ways even more corrupt than what their fathers did, following after gods and serving and worshiping them. They refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. Therefore, the law was ang very angry. I don't want to miss out that very. Therefore, the law was very angry with Israel and said, because this nation has violated the covenant, that of the agreement, the agreement that the children of Israel have with God, God is saying, because they have violated the covenant that I laid down for their forefathers and has not listened to me, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations Joshua left when he died. I will use them to test Israel and see whether they will keep the way of the Lord and walk in it as their forefathers did. The Lord had allowed those nations to remain. He did not drive them out at once by giving them unto the hands of Joshua. Now listen, first of all, God told Moses prior to Moses' death that the children of Israel will eventually turn away from him and serve idol gods. And this is it coming to pass. Also, I want to say that God, when they came over to the promised land, there were some nations that God told them not to bother with. Don't mess with them. Just leave them alone and go over here and attack these people here. So this is where we're seeing it's being reiterated. And we can also gain some information here of why, one of the reasons why God did not want the children of Israel to come up and attack them. Because God already knew that they were going to turn, turn away from him and worship idol gods. So here we find out that God is saying, I will no longer drive out um, before them any of the nations that Joshua left. Because Joshua was the leader at the time. I will not drive out before them any of the nations that Joshua left when he died. I will use them, meaning use those nations, to test Israel and see whether they will keep my commandments, in so many words, and walk therein them as their forefathers did. 
the Lord had allowed those nations to remain, he did not drive them out at once by giving them into the hands of Joshua. Listen, that's chapter two right there. Israel's disobedience. They became immediately after all the uh, forefathers died or all, as we can say here today in 2024, what we like to say is the old set. After the old set died, my God from Zion, the young set began to do all manner of evil, all manner of perversion in the sight of God himself. So now let's jump over to chapter 4. We're going to read chapter 4 and then we're going to go back and do a brief uh, breakdown. This is going very quickly, but these chapters are chapters to give us information of what was going on in this time, in this period. And as we go further through the Bible, we will learn and we will gain some insight of how we can apply these things to our lives. Okay, chapter 4. Four, we are going to read chapter 4 uh, concerning Deborah and Barak. Now listen, we read in chapter 2 that God began to give the people judges, people to judge them between uh, right and wrong, people to sit before them. In other words, uh, additional leaders they were given. So here in chapter 4, starting at verse 1, after Ehud died, the Israelites once again did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Hor Herosheth, Hagim, because he had 900 iron chariots and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. Hear me. Because he had 900 iron chariots and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord for help. Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lippidoth, was leading Israel at that time. Listen, somebody said a woman can't preach, a woman can't teach, a woman can't lead. Well, this is a prime example of leadership here in the Bible of a female. Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Hippodah, was leading Israel at that time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites came to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abanalam, from Kadesh to Naphtali and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun and lead the way to Mount Tabor. I will lure Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River and give him into your hands. Barak said to her, If you do, if you go with me, this is what Barak is saying, telling Deborah, if you go with me, I will go. But if you do not go with me, I will not go. I won't go. This is what Barak is telling the prophetess 
the leader of Israel at that time. Now we can, well, I don't want to get deep down into it because we are reading. But Barak said these things to her. So very well, Deborah said, I will go with you. But because of the way you are going about this, the honor will not be yours. For the Lord will hand Sisera over to a woman. So in other words, since Barak didn't want to go by himself, according to the word of the prophet, prophetess, according to her lead, leadership, her guidance, Barak said, the only reason I, uh, the only way I will go is if you will go with me. So I want the leader of Israel to go with me to this battle. So Deborah said, okay. I'll go with you, but because you're you're doing this the way you're doing this, or because of your mindset, or because of um, I, it could be like a faith, or whatever the case may, whatever was going on in Bayright's mind at that time that he wanted the leader of Israel to come with him. She said, because of this, God is going to give Sisera in the hands of a woman. My God from Zion. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh, where he summoned Zebulon and Naphtali. 10,000 men followed him, and Deborah also went with him. Now Heber the Kenite had left the other Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, Moses' brother-in-law, and pitched his tent by the great tree of the Zaninim near Kadesh. When they, when they told Sisera that Barak, son of Abinim, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera gathered together his 900 iron chariots and all the men with him from Horesheth, Hegium, to the Kishon River. Then Deborah said to Barak, Go, this is the day the Lord has given Sisera into, the hands, into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down to Mount Tabor, followed by 10,000 men. At Barak's advance, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and his army by the sword, and Sisera abandoned his chariots and fled on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and army as far as Horesheth Hagim. All the troops of Sisera, of Sisera fell by the sword not a man was left this is that let's read that again all the troops of Sisera fell by the sword not a man was left Sisera however fled on foot to the tent of Jael the wife of Heber the Kenite because there they were friendly relations between Jabin king of Hazar, and the clan of Habar, the Kenite. Now Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come, my lord, come right in. Don't be afraid. So he entered her tent, and she put a covering over him. I'm thirsty, he said. Please give me some water. She opened a skin of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him up. Stand in the door of the tent, he told her. 
If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone here? Say no. But Dael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted. She drove the peg through his temple into the ground and he died. Barite came by, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, Barite came by in pursuit of Sisera, and J.L. went out to meet him. Come, she said, I will show you the man you're looking for. So he went in with her, and there lay Sisera with the tent peg through his temple dead. On that day, God subdued Jabin, the Canaanite king, before the Israelites, and the hand of Israel, of the Israelites, grew stronger and stronger against Jabin, the Canaanite king, until they destroyed him. Now listen, Deborah was a prophetess. She was the one judging over Israel at this time. She began to get a word of the Lord. She began to tell Barak, one of the army leaders or the army leader to go such and such a place and to go into battle and to destroy the king. But Barak wanted Deborah, the leader or the judge of the Israelites to go with him. So she decided to go. However, she told him because you're doing it this way because of your thinking, because of your mindset. The uh, Sisera, the leader of the Canaanite army, who are who you're running after, who you're chasing after, who you're going to battle with, will be given over to the hands of a woman. So we read about uh, the going to the going to battle. We read about Sisera. Uh, fleeing from the battle, Sisera going into the tent of Jael, who is a, a friend of the king. Okay, so Jabin the king and Habar the Kenite had friendly relations. So Sisera, uh, he basically took advantage of this relationship. And he went into the king because uh, Habar was going to battle. He went into the, not the king, he went into the tent of Habar uh, with his wife, Jael. And not knowing that Jael basically was there to kill him or going to kill him. She is the female that God said the Sisera uh, will be given into the hands of a woman. So there you have it. We have read and went over Judges chapter 2 and chapter 4. Let's go into the summarization of chapters 2 and 4. They are integral to understanding the, um, the nature, the cycle nature of the Israelites, I should say, because it's a, it's a cycle. They live in a cycle. Um, the uh, nature of the Israelites' behavior. 
here in the book of Judges. Um, they demonstrate a pattern of disobedience, oppression, repentance, and deliverance. They always go into disobedience, disobedience, then they get oppressed by the enemy. Then they repent because the enemy is oppressing them. And then God comes in and delivers them. It's a cycle. This is how the children of Israel lived. And this is how they behaved here in the book of Judges, in which we will read more about that. Now let's summarize chapter 2. The chapter opens with an angel of the Lord rebuking the Israelites at Bochim for not obeying God's commandments to tear down the altars of the other gods in the land that they entered. The people wept and they and sacrificed to God in response. This is one of those cycles. They did evil, God got on them and they cried and then they sacrificed them to god that sounds familiar we as as um children to our parents uh we do bad we be bad girls and bad boys um even though we're adults now but even to the children we be bad uh, my parents get on on us get on us or maybe some of us got spankings and then we we cry then we um, try to make up with our parents to make it all good. It's the same thing with God. Listen, God is our father. We are his children. It's the same exact thing. And here we see it in the mindset of the Israelite people. And of course, God being a good God that he is, in his response, he sends forth deliverance for his people. Now the chapter briefly mentions the death of Joshua. It kind of really reiterates the death of Joshua and the generation that had seen all the works of the Lord. After their deaths, the new generation, the new uh, kids on the block, if you will, they arise and they don't know God and they don't know about uh, coming out of Israel, the hardships, and the eating of the manna and the fiery serpents and they don't know about all of that so what do they do they follow after the gods of the people in the nations that they're living in now the israelites turn to worship other gods forsaking the lord this disobedience leads to god allowing them to be plundered by the enemy fulfilling the covenant curses of disobedience laid out in the law of moses just remember those laws uh blessings and curses that we read about in the book of deuteronomy 28 yes go back and listen to that podcast or even go back and read the scripture for yourself I always encourage you to read the bible for yourselves and you'll read if you do this if you obey the rules the regulations the principles the laws the commandments of god you're going to be blessed you're going to be blessed in the city blessed in the field and so forth but if you do not you're going to be cursed you're going to be cursed in the city you're going to be cursed in the field and so forth so you can find that in the book of deuteronomy the 28th chapter now despite of their disobedience um, when the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of oppression, he raises up judges to save them from their enemies. God is always that. He said, he told Moses, he told Joshua, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Even though you turn away from me, even though you go forth and you be disobedient to me, I will always be there for you waiting 
for you to turn and repent of your sins. Now, he raised up judges to save them from their enemies. However, the cycle of disobedience continues with each generation failing to learn from the past generation. Doesn't that sound familiar? And turning away from God once again after the judge dies. Now, say, for instance, let me just use alcohol for one instance. Your granddaddy was an alcoholic. He died from cirrhosis of the liver. Your daddy was an alcoholic. He died from cirrhosis of the liver and cancer. And you, being the next generation, you know your forefathers died from these things, but you continue. Now, there could be two work things at work. It could be generational curses, or it could be just being disobedient and rebellious. And you know drinking uh did these things to your forefathers your father and your granddaddy and and whoever so it it should be um um uh simple simple thing maybe not a simple task but it should be a simple simple knowledge to know that you do not want to drink to because if you do you might fall into the same cycle the same cycle as your forefathers drinking and dying from the result of drinking and that could that's just an example that i want to put out there but what did they do they continue to be disobedient and it continued from generation to generation failing to learn from the past and turning away from god once again after the judge dies now let's go over to chapter four after the israelites again did evil in the sight of the lord he sells them into the hands of jabin the king of canaan deborah a prophetess and the only female judge leads israel at this time she holds court under a palm tree between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. Deborah sends for Barak. Or you can say Barak or you can say Barak, however you don't want to pronounce it. But she sends for Barak and tells him that the Lord commands him to lead an attack against Sisera, the commander of Javan's army. Barak agrees, but only if Deborah will go with him, to which she consents. But she prophesies that the honor of killing Sisera will go to a woman. The Israelites, led by Barak, defeat Sisera's army with God's help, of course, causing Sisera to flee. He seeks refuge in the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. Jael welcomes him but then kills him by driving a tent peg through his skull while he sleeps, fulfilling Deborah's prophecy. The chapter concludes with the Israelites gaining strength and eventually destroying King Jabin, the Canaanite king, freeing themselves from his oppression. Now listen, Judges chapter 2 and chapter 4 highlight the Israelites' repeated cycles of sin and redemption, emphasizing the 
consequences of their disobedience to God's mercy and raising leaders to deliver them. Deborah's leadership and the victory over the Canaanites demonstrates that the unexpected ways of God can provide salvation and the importance, the importance of faithfulness to him. Listen, we have to be faithful to God. And if we notice cycles in our lives. That's when we need to come against them in prayer and supplication, uh, praying to break those cycles of failure, cycles of limitation, cycles of delay, cycles of poverty, cycles of uh, disappointment, mistreatment, abandonment, whatever the cycle is, cycles of self-pity, self-will, cycles of pride, haughtiness, arrogance, whatever the cycle is, we need to um, make note, we need to recognize those cycles in our lives. And a lot of time it is the enemy fighting up against us to keep us in those cycles. That's why it's very important that we pay attention to what's going on in our lives so we can recognize the cycle and we can break those cycles as long as we are living according to the will of the lord as long as we are living obeying his commandments in other words being careful of his commandments as the bible tells us as long as our hand is in the hand of the lord we can definitely break those cycles yes that is judges chapter 2 and chapter 4. let us pray May God bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you and may he be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Sister Allie Cat's Tea, where we talk about all things church related. This year in 2024, we are on a journey through the Bible. And listen, if you want to get the reading list uh, so you can be prepared uh, as we go through the Bible, just hit the link in the description and you will receive it. Once again, I thank you for listening to Sister Ellie Cassidy. I want to say that I love you and I will talk to you very soon.